The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. Welcome to the Stock Market Authority Podcast. I'm Bakes, Kevin Baker. I'm going to teach you how to make money in up and down markets. Very few podcasters or coaches cover this. I'll show you how to lock in profits and minimize losses to make you a better investor. So once a week, you're going to know what's going on in the world and the stock market. Welcome to the Stock Market Authority Podcast. Morning, folks. This is Bakes, Kevin Baker, Stock Market Authority. Great to see you. Hope you had a great week. Hope you're starting your new year off right. Hey, on this show, I'm going to discuss why we beat the pros and how you can too. I'm going to open the mailbag and analyze a waste company, a biotech, and more. I'm going to describe recent changes to the portfolio and my rationale. And finally, I'll offer Bakes Take, a new segment uh, for the coming week. Please, before I forget, go to my website, stockmarketauthority.com, and sign up for free for my newsletter. And you're smart people. This isn't financial advice. I don't know your personal situation. I do know what we're doing, what I'm trying to get my boys to do, and uh, it, it's working so far. And our, our, our top story is outperformance. Uh, you know, we put together, We, we if you're a if you saw the newsletter, we were up 6% last year, 6% plus, 6.14 to be specific. Market was down 19, and that's, oh, you could do the math, 25% of outperformance. Uh, you go over the longer term, and we're up 35% since we started this in the depths of COVID. Uh, the S&P's up 25, so we're beating the S&P by 10, which everybody says you can't do, you can't beat the market, you can't time the market. I beg to differ. And uh, we're beating the hedge funds that charge 2 and 20, 2% and 20%. Uh, we're beating them by five times. So, you know, this flat out works. This is why I'm, I'm, I'm still going. If, if, frankly, it didn't work, you wouldn't be hearing from me. I wouldn't be bothered doing this. I wouldn't get Chrissy, uh, you know, over here in a rush uh, to do this. But, you know, facts are stubborn things. The numbers are what the numbers are. It works. Uh, the industry has created thousands of ETFs, so there's always something to do. And all I try to do is find the 10 best for me, for my wife, for my boys, Bobby and Jack, who I do this for, and for you. And, uh, you know, the reason I bring out outperformance today is the uh, – uh, the industry, the pros are focused on, they say, relative performance and outperformance and underperformance. And, you know, I just never understood while, you know, being down 15% in a market that's down 20 is such a great thing and you should be getting high five for it. But that's the way the business is. If you're running a fund of any kind and you outperform by, by you know, 500 basis points, 5%, you get paid. And and they say okay, you get to go another year, and uh, that's great. You didn't you know you didn't own the real dogs of last year, and I just think being down fifteen percent is down fifteen percent. And frankly, after last year, most of you are down more than that. I know that because I'm I'm hearing from you, and I want to combat that. Uh, I also never understood you know ratios, uh, you know uh, gold versus the S and P or oil versus Bitcoin or or you know whatever it is. You know, again, it, it just makes common sense to me that making money every year is is more fun, more enjoyable, and it just makes sense. It's psychologically more beneficial for you and for me if 
that's literally what I do when I start the, the new year. The pros are saying, hey, we got our head handed to us, and we have to, we, we have to adjust to different ways. You have so much more flexibility and so many more opportunities, and I really want you to take full advantage of what we do. And I've made some, you know, some, some, some mistakes, and we'll talk about those too. But, uh, you know, the Wall Street Journal this past week kind of validated what we're doing. Uh, they, uh, Susan McGee put together the top 10% stock funds of 2022, 40 out of 1,400 made money last year. So if we were in that group, you know, running $50 million plus, we would be there. One out of 40, that's pretty darn good. Pretty darn good. Uh, the the uh, we would have been the number seven fund in the country, being up six point one four percent. The number one, two, and four uh, funds that were in that group, uh, they had fifty percent plus in one stock. I mean, great, it worked out. What could have happened did, but you know we own ten ETFs, so we own hundreds of stocks, frankly, and. Um, you know, it's just good to see the the outside validation that what we're doing is is certainly competitive. To put it mildly, uh, I'll put our numbers up against uh, up against anybody. You know, the next uh, uh, you know sector uh, chart that I have here is I want to explain a little bit why the pros you know aren't going to win again this year. In my in my view, they they. Uh, look at technology and they say, okay, we own too much technology this year. These are the 11 sectors in in the S&P 500. And uh, I've said this before, the pros have to hug the indices and you don't. You don't care that 23% of the the S&P 500 is in technology and energy is five. And I pick those, you know, out of the other 11 because – what my suspicion happened last year is that they started the year over their skis. Technology was probably three, four, five percent more than the index. That got crushed. Energy, either for ESG or or they didn't have an energy analyst or whatever it was, they missed energy, and so their performance stunk. And uh, uh, you, my point here is now they look at it and they say, "All right, we got to get energy up to." Maybe two or three percent over the five percent technology. Let's get that down under twenty. And you don't have to do any of that. You can go wherever you want. That's certainly what we're doing. And um, you know, so I want to take the relative performance and 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 almost obliterate it out of your vocabulary because. We're not going to uh, strive for that. We're going to strive to make money every year. And so far, we're three years in a row, and uh, we've done it. Uh, Chrissy, what do you got in the mailbag? (laughs) There's a letter in your mailbox. You got mail. Uh, Matt from Montauk, New York, uh, uh, came and wrote in and said, Hey, Bakes, love the show. Thanks for, for what you do. I work at Truist. Uh, TFC is, is the symbol. And um, uh, the company you know, matches my contributions. I get to buy it at a 15% discount. Uh, what do you think? What should I do? And my first reaction is that's exactly what you should do. Take advantage of every tax advantage thing you can. I assume this is in the 401k. And uh, uh, have max out whatever the the uh, contributions are from the company, 15% discount. That's just uh, you know obvious to do that as far as the, the as long as the cows go home, come home. Um, and, and, 
but I, I want to say right off the top that if you're in the financial services industry and you own a lot of stock in your uh, in your your parent company in in who employs you, I want you to diversify away from financials as fast as you can. Frankly, I don't think you should own another financial stock. We're seeing this left and right. Goldman Sachs is laying off people. Morgan Stanley's laying off people. Investment banking is down. Uh, uh, assets under management is obviously down because of, of the market, and so the fee income isn't there. And uh, you, your frank your livelihood is tied to markets. And markets are very, very fickle, and they can go down hard, and you could be doing a great job, and, and frankly, they could still lay you off. So uh, I, if, I want you to own as much as you can, but then outside of that, I don't think you should own another financial stock, even come close to it. You've got so many eggs in that basket, it is the, in that one basket, it's unbelievable, and then take what we come up with outside of financials and, and use that to diversify. So uh, just... Be smart about your risk and, and, you know, be loyal to your company, but also diversify away with your personal investments. Now, going back to, to Truist specifically, uh, the 200-day moving average is still going down, and the stock thus is still in a downtrend. Uh, the 200-day is at 47.53 if you look at the chart here. Prior resistance is 47.47, so I would need to see a high-volume breakout above that level or those levels to get excited. Um, unfortunately, you look at these arrows down here in the, in the lower left, and uh, the volume is spiking on the, on the down days. You're going to have earnings coming up in nine days, and so we're going to earn a lot about not only what happened, but what their future guidance is. So uh, I say stay the course. I wouldn't buy this stock right now on my own. In your situation, I think you continue to buy it on automatic pilot, and you know, you're in your 20s, and so you wake up when you're you know, in your 50s and 60s, and you have a pile of money, especially if they get acquired at some point uh, down the road. But please, please uh, diversify away from other financials. Thanks a lot. I really appreciate that. Frank from Atlanta came in and uh, uh, asked about Casella Waste and said, Bakes, uh, you know, kind of ignored your self-discipline. Have I overstayed my welcome? And I said, yeah, you did, and you have. Um, and I hate to be like that, but um, uh, and I'm going to flesh this out more in, in future episodes, but you look at the arrows here, uh, the down arrows, this is where my cell discipline kicks in. And um, I'll go into this in more depth down the road, but bottom line, the first part of the cell discipline was at 72, the second at 73, and the third at 70. So you're out on an average of around 72 uh, if, you, if you follow that. Now, stocks at 81. Uh, spent a lot of time under under that that seventy two level, and uh, but I think you could have had found new areas to invest over the last year. I look at the the uh, arrows to the left here. This trades at seventy times earnings. This is a waste hauling company, you know, like waste management. I don't understand why it has that valuation when it's growing eighteen percent. Maybe you've got a rationale for it. Maybe there's something you know that that, that the street is missing. Maybe there's dramatic upside and, and, and the company's lowballing. 
but 70 PE for a waste hauling company uh, that's had a very good run. You know, it, it's been a winner. Uh, I, to me, it looks tired. It looks like it's rolled over. And, uh, uh, you know, I, 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 I would need to see the moving averages start to move up before I get excited about this. So hope that's helpful. And, uh, you know, please give me your, your, your comments any way you want to. Uh, Jackie from, from Denver, Colorado, uh, came in and asked about Replogen, R-G-E-N, and, you know, gave a lot of the money back, what do I do? And it's the same sort of thing that we've had, uh, this chart looks a lot like many uh, stocks out there. They had good runs, the Fed started raising rates, and frankly, the business could have done exactly what it was, you know, everybody planned it to do, but valuations come down. It's just that simple. Uh, but frankly, they haven't come down that much. This trades at 47 times. Earnings are going to be down next year, according to these consensus estimates that I have here. And so uh, uh, the relative strength is 22. So you've got 78% of the market that's acting better than this. And, uh, you know, so I would say uh, take the win. And unless you have dramatic events, you have a new product that's being approved or an, an, an extension and a new indication for for their drugs. Biotech overall looks lousy to me. I think this looks okay at best. Uh, 225 is resistance. I think it's going to have a very, very difficult time getting above that. And I would be, um, you know, be hunting for other things, uh, to be blunt. Uh, and I would love to hear from you. Uh, please email, or better yet, send a voicemail to bakes at stockmarketauthority.com, and, uh, and your questions could be next. Uh, and as you know, the... Why don't we take a quick break, Bakes, and when we come back, we'll go through the portfolio and check out Bakes' take. Thank you, my friend. Do you want to become a better investor? Do you want to learn how to make money in both up and down markets? Then you need to go to stockmarketauthority.com and sign up for our free newsletter today. Stock Market Authority is run by award-winning investment manager Kevin Bakes Baker. His aim is to save you time while teaching you how to be a better investor. Bakes saves you time by diving into all the latest stock market news and information so that you don't have to. He reads all the latest articles, analyzes the charts, and listens to all the relevant podcasts. And then once a week, he gives you a breakdown of what's happening in the market. Stock Market Authority is constantly outperforming the S&P and the HFRX. Bakes is going to share with you his weekly stock observations. He'll give you concise insights and show you how to lock in profits and minimize losses. Stock Market Authority is making money in up and down markets. Wouldn't you like to do the same? So join now and let Bakes show you how. Head on over to stockmarketauthority.com and sign up for our free newsletter today. That's stockmarketauthority.com, making money in up and down markets. Hey, welcome back. I uh, listen to so many financial investing podcasts, it's unbelievable. And I'm the only one that I've seen out there that actually shares their portfolio with you. And uh, 
I don't know why I did it. Maybe I'm a glutton for punishment. But frankly, I wanted to see if it worked. And again, if it didn't work, I wouldn't be here because I'm not going to waste your time or mine. And I know it's valuable, so that's why I try to have a really concise half an hour every single week. Here's what's working. Here's what isn't. Here's what I see going on out there. And uh, I, I sure hope it's helpful. But so here's the portfolio. It's a real account at Fidelity. And... um uh, you know, the thing that I, I really want to stress is please notice all the green that's here. We're making money in, in seven of the ETFs that I've selected. Three are down single digits. And then there's this one nasty son of a gun down here that's down 15%. Uh, it's no longer with the firm. Uh, I, I come home at night. I spend about five minutes max. And I go through uh, a lot of things, but I go through, you know, the portfolio, my stocks, both the charts and the, uh, the, the, FI, the FIDO account, Fidelity. And when I see 15% down, I just sell it. I literally see the number, click, sell all, buy. And off I go the rest of my day. It takes minutes. I mean, and, and I can't tell you how freeing it is. And my suspicion is, I know it because I talk to you, you know, you're not doing that. And it's because I've got 25 years of battle scars. I know that the 15% turns into 25, turns into 50%, and then the stock has to double just to get to break even. And it just doesn't happen that often. Doubles are very hard to come by. So please cut your losses. Please let your winners run. And uh, I, I want your your... All of your capital will be working as hard for you as you possibly can. Uh, I put this out uh, the other day in my, my daily post, but this is the ProShares Short MSI uh, EAFE, basically the European stock market, the AstraZeneca's and the Nestle's of the world, and it didn't work. You know, I, you know, obviously I talk about the things that work and, and where I'm right, but here we had whittled it down with, after two sales. It was 3%. It's down 15%. So I don't care that I'm wrong on this one. I don't. I just goodbye, see you later, next. And also, it frees me up for the next time where I'm not going to have a lot of psychological baggage where oh, I'm not going to touch that rail again because it burned me so much and I lost so much money. It's just a, an a idea that didn't work out. And they don't all have to work out. If I'm Ted Williams and bat 406, we're going to make a lot of money. So uh, I, I can't stress enough how freeing it is to have this this discipline in place so that you don't stare at losses. Uh, certainly, you don't stare at big losses. Next is the emerging markets. This is what I did the other day. Uh, uh, the 50-day the came down through the 200 I'm sorry, closed below the two in a day, and I sold the first third. China's acting better. Uh, the COVID restrictions are being lifted. The Chinese, uh, 30% of this ETF is, is China, and a lot of it is the, the Tencents and Alibabas of the world. More on that. And so I'm not going to be stubborn. I can't stand communism. Uh, I, I hate it. Uh, I hate a lot of the things that the Chinese government does, but the stocks are acting better. And so I'm not going to let my ideology 
color my my uh, color my investing discipline so that I lose money. That just doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. So a third of the emerging markets uh, uh, short is gone. China is acting better. And I have to at least be intellectually honest and uh, acknowledging that. Uh, we're short real estate. We've talked about this, REK. And what I think is interesting about this is that the charts told us to look at shorting real estate, and then the news shows up. So it happens, you know, there's, there's the collective wisdom of millions of investors, and it, it's, it's encapsulated in the chart. I pick it up and say, hmm, something bad is going on in real estate. And then the Blackstone uh, Real Estate Investment Trust says, we're going to close the gate on redemptions because we've got too many people from Asia that are wanting to get their money out. And selling warehouses and data centers and casinos is a slow, laborious process. We don't have the cash on hand. And I said, in my simplistic fashion, if Blackstone's got a problem in real estate, everybody's got a problem in real estate. And I think that's the case. Yet to be uh, borne out, but we're going to let this, uh, this, this ride for now. But then I pick up the Wall Street Journal uh, yesterday or the day before, and uh, uh, Liz Young is writing about a Cushman and Wakefield report that shows the vacancy rate for, for industrial real estate picking up. Uh, you see that here. And it's not a big change, but it's, it's a, a clear uh, change in trend that has happened that you know, has been in a consistent downtrend since COVID. Well, things have changed. Uh, Liz reports that industrial space leased is down 18% in 2022, not an insignificant number. And 83% of new space that's being built is without tenants lined up, thus speculative. So you were starting to see different fundamental reasons why the technicals, the chart, is suggesting that real estate is going down. And I'll, I, I will maintain the, the cell discipline, if this pro- it proves not to work out, so be it. But right now, the, the technicals led, the fundamentals are confirming, and I'm avoiding real estate. And also, if you're in the industry and you have insights and anecdotes that you can share with us, I'll keep you anonymous if you'd like. I'd really love to, to, to hear about that. Um, uh, Crane Shares China Internet is, is uh, a new buy. And again, I, I'm right up front. As soon as I buy things, I let you know within you know a week at the most. Uh, this is this owns the ten cents, the Alibabas, the you know the Amazons and Ebays of China, if you will. And it's the prettiest chart I've seen in a while. And I was really surprised uh, at this at this trend change. But my suspicion is. People have been beaten up here for three years, and it's just time for for these to go. The Chinese government has relaxed their their uh, you know restrictions on the the uh, powerful internet companies there. They're cheaper than their U.S. counterparts, and they're just working. We made money in the first day. We're up, and we're going to let this ride until uh, until further notice. The uh, the weekly chart is is absolutely a thing of beauty. Uh, you you could see that in the original post that I did, uh, but I'm going to uh, go where the market tells me to go. And so it's K Web Crane Shares China Internet K W E B, and that's a new ten uh, percent buy for us. Uh, and then 
platinum, I talked about two or three weeks ago, and I said, this looks promising. Well, now it's gone from promising to an investment. We bought 10% in platinum. This is the physical bullion. I wish I could find one that had the platinum miners in it. But uh, again, you see this beautiful volume on the update. You see the, the, uh, the new highs taking out. The trend has clearly turned. Oh, by the way, all the other precious metals are acting better. I haven't found you know, the perfect chart in gold and silver that I want to add to this yet. But uh, my thesis that I'm working on is that gold and silver and platinum didn't act great when you had a you know, uh, 9.1% uh, inflation print. That's what the textbooks would have suggested. Uh, now... It, my my thought is Bitcoin and FTX and cryptocurrencies overall are not panning out the way people want it. They aren't digital gold. They're not stores of value. They're not inflation hedges. And maybe people are going to the original, uh, you know, precious metals, gold, silver, platinum. And uh, looks like that's panning out. And I will uh, come back to you with new ideas as I as I see them. But we're not uh, sitting on our laurels here. We're going to be on offense. And we can be on offense because we have some cash and we don't have a lot of losses. And so uh, PLTM, Granite Shares Platinum, is the way that I am uh, participating in this. And I want you to take a look if you think it's appropriate for your, your situation. Uh, and I wanted to introduce a new segment, uh, Bakes Take. Uh, it might be plural in takes in in uh, in, in future episodes, uh, but uh, I wanted to. Uh, frankly, I had a conversation with Bobby, my son, and he kind of sheepishly said, "You know, Dad, uh, uh, you know, I really didn't do all the things that you said last year. Uh, I got a little confused." I got busy, uh, you know, I was working for a living, and, you know, mea culpa, uh, I'm going to get back to basics. And, you know, I love charts. Uh, They've been a great tool for me for 25-plus years. And, you know, Bobby brought it to my attention, and Jack, too, my my, uh, uh, younger son, uh, that, you know, I can get, I can devolve into jargon. And I think that everybody sees what I see, and I think you've all been... Uh, talking to companies and watching screens and 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 uh, you know reading 400 page books on technical analysis and you haven't and that's why I'm here is that I take all that and hopefully coalesce it into this half hour and to into three minute snippets that uh, uh, are helpful so I'm going to get back to basics I'm going to get uh, a, a, you know simpler I hope and you know for example. Uh, I talk about the moving averages all the time, the 50 and the 200. If you'd like me to ex- flesh that out a little bit more, I'm, I would love to. Uh, fire your, your questions. I don't care how basic you think they are. I'll make you anonymous if you want. Tell me what you want me to cover. You know, do, should I talk about more fundamental things? Uh, uh, you know, I talk about PE ratios all the time. Do you even know what that is? Do you care? Uh, uh, I have an interview sheet that I've used for. To, uh, to, I talked to uh, thousands of CEOs and CFOs over the year, and it, it, would that information be helpful? I want you to fire away. 
Ask me what you think. And you throw a flag. Say, Bakes, you lost me. I don't understand this. And, and you're not going to hurt my feelings. Frankly, I feel bad that I've been doing this this long. And uh, my son didn't benefit to the extent that he should. And I like all of you, but I love him. And I want him to be along for the ride with me. So um, I'm going to get back to basics. I want you to help me. And I want you to uh, fire away with, uh, you know, Questions, I don't care how simple you think they are, bring them. Um, you know, and the world is, is you know, pretty serious. Markets down, inflation's up, layoffs. And, you know, I don't, I don't want to be Pollyanna, uh, but I don't want to be uh, morose all the time. And I'm not. I mean, I'm a pretty upbeat guy, but uh, I'm going to make money no matter what happens or, or really try like heck. But then I end with much-needed levity. And uh, because I, I need a laugh. I, you know, it, it's, uh, it is the best medicine. And uh, uh, this is Gary Goleman. Come on, girls. We saw him live at the Comedy Cellar in New York. If you ever get a chance to see him, go see him. It is uh, there's a, uh, a YouTube link in the description. It's about five minutes. It's a funny bit. My mom watches the show, so I keep it pretty clean. I don't go into some of the more... Uh, uh, racy comedians that I also listen to, but um, I want you to have a little bit of smile. You know, I want you to smile after you when you think of me, frankly. So that's the show, folks. Please go to my website, stockmarketauthority.com. Sign up for free for my newsletter. Subscribe to my YouTube channel and podcast. Follow me on your favorite social media. Please write a voice memo, bakes at stockmarketauthority.com. I respond to everything. You're not going to hurt my feelings. At bakestakes underscore is me on Twitter. Thank you so much. I'm Bakes, Kevin Baker, Stock Market Authority. I'll see you next week. Bye now. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.